And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today. Steve Vaughn, my co-host on this edition of the program. He is a board member with our organization. Steve, welcome. It's good to have you here with us today. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Good to be pretty much anywhere. And uh, it's great to be somebody who is still subject to the God of the universe because I know that no matter what happens, he's in control of all things. Well, he is. Let's always start there, that God is in control. And yet, you know, man has gone against him, and we see that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And uh, we, we address that with the truth. And indeed, one of the goals of this program is to uh, identify the truth against the falsehoods of the day and to equip the man of God for every good work and the woman of God for every good work. And, uh, well, Fox News has a story about Mike Pompeo, who was Secretary of State for the United States of America under President Trump. And Mike Pompeo is running for President of the United States now. He called the American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten, who happens to be a lesbian. He calls her the most dangerous person in the world. Now, she did not take kindly to that. He said, it's not a close call. If you ask who's the most likely to take this republic down, it would be a teacher's union and the filth that they're teaching our kids and the fact that they don't know math and reading or writing. He's referring to, of course, the American Federation of Teachers and refers to Randy Weingarten as the most dangerous person in the world. He may have a point there. The battle is largely waged over the hearts and minds of the next generation in the public schools. And as long as the American Federation of Teachers and the NEA have control over the teachers, they will have control over the agenda. And that agenda will be a progressive slash regressive agenda that will most certainly guarantee this nation sets a trajectory towards uh, towards Gomorrah. This is the slouch towards Gomorrah. It happens through the public schools. It happens through the control of the public schools uh, maintained by the teachers' unions. And Randy Weingarten, who happens to be a lesbian, is right at the forefront of this. Now, she's not happy about the fact that Mike Pompeo referred to her as the most dangerous person in the world. Yeah, I would uh, I would think not. Um, you would think that somebody in Mike Pompeo's position, or you know, at least the uh, government position that he was in, that he might have chosen someone like you know Xi Jinping or Kim Jong Un or Vladimir Putin. But uh, I think that he's probably more closely uh, speaking about what I think Adolf Hitler talked about. You get the hearts and the minds of the kids. You know, just give me the kids. I'll control everything. Yeah, and that's precisely where things are today in this country. As long as the government has control over 92% of the education of the children, there there will be a percent or two that will be discipled by their parents, despite the fact they are attending a public school somewhere. But the 92% of American children will set their trajectory towards more socialism, uh, more LGBT, more of the breakdown of morality, more of this moral anarchy that so represents the modern age, which is ultimately the deconstruction of morality, ethics, culture, civilizations, and all the rest going downhill because of Randy Weingarten. It's not really ultimately the federal government, the U.S. Supreme Court, that really makes much of a difference in terms of the lives of the average ordinary kid. It's going to be the teachers' unions. It will be the universities, and it will be Hollywood. It will be the leaders in terms of culture and educational institutions that make the big difference in the lives of children. Um, She takes issue with the word filth. You know, she says, in all seriousness, this is Randy Weingarten responding 
to Mike Pompeo's claims, she says, this is what really bothers me about what he did. The word filth. He called what educators do in schools all across America filthy, which, which ultimately means that, you know, this Christian who is, is a Christian, a professing Christian, Mike Pompeo is a professing Christian attending an evangelical Presbyterian church in American Kansas for a number of years. Don't know where he attends church now, but uh, this Christian is taking biblical ethics and applying it to the schools today, and he finds that transgendering the bathrooms and incorporating a homosexual ideology in the public schools is a filthy thing to do. Um, my guess is he's also referring to some of the the sexually explicit books that make it into school libraries, and et cetera, et cetera. So he's got a big problem with this. And apparently a fair number of parents in America are still a little bit concerned, not concerned enough to pull their kids out of these schools, but concerned enough to make a lot of noise uh, at the you know, board school board meetings. So they make a little bit of noise in the school board meetings and the whole issue goes away in about a year or two. That's pretty much the way it goes with the public schools and those parents who send their kids to these public schools. But Randy Weingarten is the leader and she's not changing any and she's living up to her reputation. Of course, the problem is that the woman identifies herself as filth and then calls filth a beautiful thing. That's, that's what the LGBT folks do, you know, they, they refer to themselves as filthy, and then they call filthiness a beautiful thing. And that's, of course, where the clash of worldview uh, appears between Weingarten and Pompeo. All right, so that's where things are. But I really wanted to get to this before we hit the break. And that is, she has come under fierce criticism over the past two years as one of the faces of teachers' union resistance to schools reopening. In other words, she was slowing down the reopening of schools. So, what, over two years, there was a significant learning loss across America affecting you know, math scores, reading schools, scores, mental health scores across the country. And so, you know, this is the argument brought against her. Well, recently, she has begged for forgiveness. Now, She's asking for a little pandemic amnesty. So this latest thing is, you know, Weingarten is stepping out and saying, oh, no, 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 just, you know, we didn't really mean to destroy all these children. Then she said, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Now, I'm not sure we were all in the dark about COVID because, you know, Fauci was showing up almost on a daily basis, uh, giving us the regular updates on what science was telling us about covid so i mean you know yeah. I mean, you know you had the experts out in front and we were all listening to the experts so i i still don't understand why they're begging for for amnesty except for the fact that they ruined the world economy so outside of that oh and, and ruined you know the academics for an entire generation of kids so outside of those issues I, you know why are they going for amnesty on this you know there's also the uh, the fauci ouchie the jab that uh, people are starting to just drop dead for unknown reasons and and so they want uh, they want some amnesty for that as well they're they're looking for people to just look the other way while they sat there and destroyed much of the world and now they're they're uh, they don't want things to come back to get them they it's like oh no no you know we, we we were in the dark we were in the dark but they weren't there there was plenty of people who were rising up and saying that all the things that they were doing was not right and they forced it on the nation on the world and now they're going oh well maybe what we did was not quite as good as we thought yeah well they're stepping up to the microphone asking for a little forgiveness a little pandemic amnesty for ruining the entire world economy sorry about the eight trillion dollars of quantitative easing resulting in out of control inflation and setting up the world for the great depression of 2023 sorry about that 
And I suppose a little restitution might be in mind. Um, cut your salary, send it to the rest of us. I, I don't know if they would do that. Uh, Anthony Fauci, I'm guessing he's not going to do that. He just resigned. And uh, I want to look at Anthony Fauci's worldview in just a moment. He's named the American Humanist Association's Humanist of the Year. So he's, he's a humanist. I'm going to look at his worldview in just a moment. And what that worldview produces over a period of 40 years. Anthony Fauci, Humanist of the Year. Let's take a look at the worldview of humanism and what it does to civilizations as it brings economies entire civilizations down to their knees be back with more in just a moment on the generations broadcast what happens when a culture that was established and guided by biblical principles abandons the faith and seeks to live by its own wisdom in his latest groundbreaking work epic The Rise and Fall of the West, Kevin Swanson unfolds the dramatic history of Western civilization, highlighting the phenomenal impact that Jesus Christ and His people have had upon the thought, culture, and institutions of the Christian West, as well as tracing the slow but devastating decline of Western civilization and the key factors that have led to our spectacular fall over the centuries. A sobering narrative of gospel hope This book urges its reader to greater fervency in the work of discipleship and the development of an international vision for the church. This is truly a must-read for any Christian seeking to understand the times and seasons in which we live. You can claim your hardcover copy of Epic, The Rise and Fall of the West by visiting generations.org slash store today. That's generations.org slash store. And we are back on the Generations broadcast. Kevin Swanson with you as well. Steve Vaughn, American Thinker had the top 10 villains in the world. That, I think, came out in June of this year. Top 10 villains in the world in 2022. Francis Collins made number six. Fauci beat out the premier of China. Fauci made number one. (laughs) Wow. Xi Jinping, or whoever it was, made number two. But it was Fauci that made number one on the American Thinker top 10 villains in the world list. Also, interestingly, now, as we pursue Dr. Fauci's worldview, you're going to find that if you have the wrong worldview, you will end up with bad science, bad thinking, bad decisions, and bad everything. And that's what's happened with Dr. Fauci. He's got a bad worldview. He's, he's building his entire superstructure of thinking upon the wrong presuppositional framework. That's, that's the problem with Fauci. In 2007, at the Alaska Awards Ceremony Acceptance Speech, Dr. Fauci said, science is truth. And as a scientist, I tell the truth, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm the prophet coming down <laughs> well, from he the mountain, is the science. And I am bringing the truth <laughs> to you, and you had better receive it or else. That's quite a bit different from what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Science is truth? No, no, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He said of God's word, thy word is truth. But Fauci says, Fauci's word is truth. So who's right? Is Jesus right or is Fauci right? Technocrats are saying all the time now, I am the way, the truth, and the health and life of society. So that's the difference. A huge clash in worldviews going on here. And ultimately, science, of course, cannot give truth. That's not the role of science. Science is out to get involved in induction, bring about a 
uh, probabilistic statement. That's it. Not going to give you ultimate truth. Not going to not going to give you a truth that's based upon an ultimate authority source. No, 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 that's not what science is about. Science is about an observation and probability that you wind up with a you know ninety nine point nine percent confidence that uh, you drop something, it's going to fall to the ground. Okay, so that's science. Sadly, these guys are attracted to the religion of scientism, which is all false. Science is not there to give any kind of an ultimate truth. It's there to present some probabilities. That's about it. And when science is looked at as the source of absolute truth, science itself is then eroded, and then it's no longer used for what it is useful for, and that is to take a look at cause and effect relationships in a world that runs by the physical laws that God has instituted from the beginning. All right, so that's not what science is anymore. Science is a religion now. And Anthony Fauci is one of the high priests, if not the high priest, of this new doctrine called scientism. And, of course, he gets all the awards from all these false religious organizations like the American Humanist Association that gave him the 2021 Humanist of the Year Award. This is the humanist.com AAH executive directors. We're honored that Dr. Fauci will receive our highest award at the AHA's 80th annual conference. His unwavering commitment to accessible evidence-based, yeah, 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 whatever, and his robust communication to people about public health issues is commendable and necessary, especially in this critical time. Dr. Fauci helped lead the nation through the COVID-19 pandemic as a champion of science and reason during a time when we needed it most. Um, I would say as a champion of pseudoscience and unreasonableness during a time when we really didn't need him very much. So I guess that's the way I would interpret it. (laughs) He has been publicly identifying himself as a humanist since 2003, at least. Fauci aligns with humanist values. He said in a recent interview, I look upon myself as a humanist. I have faith in the goodness of mankind. I'm less enamored of organized religion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he believes in the goodness of mankind, principles of humanity, but he does not believe in God. He worships man. He worships self as humanism, worships man. Man is the ultimate source of truth, ethics, and metaphysics, or reality, or that working of reality, as opposed to God's sovereignty and God as being source of truth, absolute truth. God is the source of ethics, that is what is right and wrong, and God is the absolute source of all reality and creation and providence. As opposed to that worldview, man attempts to be the very source, the ultimate source of what is true, the ultimate source of what is right and wrong, the ultimate source of reality controller of all reality. And that, of course, is why the technocrats want the government to control because they can pretend like the government can have sovereign control over everything and achieve the ultimate good for mankind, although it's really hard to identify what that would be given the limitation of the human mind and the inability to really know what would be good or what would produce the most good in the long run. So with those small problems, man still attempts it. He does his very best to become God on earth and always fails miserably. Okay, so that, but that's Fauci's worldview. Uh, we cut it down there in, I think, about 17 seconds flat. So it's pretty easy to, <laughs> to just utterly decimate the humanist worldview. It's so ridiculous. But, uh, but what is it that man-worshipping, science-worshipping humanists do? That's my question today. And Steve, I want to go there. I, I want to ask, if you were humanist of the year, if you were the ultimate man-worshipping humanist, what would you do? So I thought it would be helpful to review Fauci's list of accomplishments. Thomas DiLorenzo actually <laughs> helps us with this in his little article from Mises.org. So draw from that. So let me give you a few ideas. 
Okay, so the first part of his career kicked off in the 1970s. He was involved in promoting hysteria over what was called the swine flu. NIAID mm-hmm. and its pharmaceutical industry puppet masters told Congress and the White House that the swine flu was the same strain of virus that caused the infamous 1918 Spanish flu epidemic that is said to have killed 50 million people worldwide. So the government kicked in a bunch of money to Fauci's NIAID and Big Pharma, and uh, they made a bunch of big bucks uh, by getting President Ford to give them $135 million to get the whole shindig going. This would have been 1976. Okay, so they get the $135 million to inoculate 140 million Americans. Okay, so they got that out of uh, President Ford in 1976. Oh, big, big thing. The, the actual number of pandemic swine flu casualties in 1976 was uh, not one million, uh, but one. Okay, so... <laughs> It didn't quite work out the way they had <laughs> they're, anticipated. They're off by a little bit. Yeah, they're off yeah. by, I would say, they, a they factor of roughly right. a million. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what happened to the swine flu in the 1970s. And it turns out that patients injured by the experimental swine flu vaccine filed 1,604 lawsuits forcing the government to pay off another $80 million in damage. So what's that? Add your $80 million to $135 million, what do you get? That's about two hundred and fifteen uh, million, I think. Okay, so yeah. so that costs us about two hundred fifteen million dollars to kickstart big pharma, uh, Fauci's friends down at the big pharma institutes, and uh, and and we wound up kicking in two hundred fifteen million dollars, uh, sixteen hundred four lawsuits, and uh, I think it was one death for the swine flu. So that that was really the beginning of Fauci's career. So again, if you want to know what people do when they worship science and they worship man, okay, this is probably one of the prime examples, Fauci. His next great uh, accomplishment was during the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. Fauci conducted secretive experiments on hundreds of HIV-positive foster children. And this is rather grotesque. So I give you all the heads up that this one's a little bit more grotesque. Uh, So he's got these secretive experiments going on for hundreds of HIV-positive foster children in the Incarnation Children's Center in New York City, which would have been between 1988 and 2002. Okay, so Fauci's... National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, and his big pharma partners turned black and Hispanic foster kids into lab rats, subjecting them to torture and abuse in a grim parade of unsupervised drug and vaccine studies. And this comes from Kennedy's book. It's reviewed by uh, the author of this uh, article on Mises.org. The 1980s was the beginning of big pharma. Now, this is something everybody needs to understand, okay? Big pharma in 1985 is 20 billion a year. Okay, back in the 1970s, you're looking at maybe a billion, maybe half a billion, you know, almost nothing. Okay, until the federal government starts giving them the hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, so you got to get that going. And Fauci is helping his big pharma friends in the 1980s. Okay, between 1985 and 2020, big pharmos increased from 20 billion dollars per year to 550 billion per year that's a 30-fold increase wow that's pretty good you know if you're looking at an industry and you're looking at you know hey let's make some big bucks starting in 1985 and you're at you know roughly 20 billion and you've get this up to 550 billion in some you know 30 years that's a 30-fold increase that's pretty amazing i don't know that there's an industry that has enjoyed that much favor from national governments i don't know that there's an industry that has enjoyed that much of an increase as big pharma has and i'm not sure they have a friend like francis collins or Anthony Fauci, is there any other friend? I mean, I'm guessing certainly he's got to be receiving some Christmas cards. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I would think so. And, and well, at least, you know, after the whole swine flu and the AIDS thing that Fauci probably learned from that and that he wasn't going to just dive into vaccines anymore, just these, these experimental medications and, and experimental vaccines. So I'm sure that he learned from his mistakes and that he wasn't going to do anything like that again, right? Um, well, I, that's not what I'm seeing here. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry remunerated the Incarnation Children's Center for supplying children for the tests. According to Kennedy's book, the tests involved giving the children experimental drugs that were toxic, known to cause genetic mutation, organ failure, bone marrow deaths, bodily deformations, brain damage, and fatal skin disorders. Uh, torture is not too strong a word to describe what happened to these kids. If the children refuse the drugs, quote, they're held down and force-fed. If the children continue to resist, they're taken to Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, where a surgeon puts a plastic tube through their abdominal wall into their stomachs. From then on, the drugs are injected directly into their stomachs. Uh, this was Fauci-funded AIDS research Okay, that was happening in the 1980s. The BBC produced a documentary on the savage barbarity of Dr. Fauci's science projects in 2004. It was entitled Guinea Pig Kids. A BBC investigative journalist said in the documentary, I found the mass graves at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in Hawthorne, New York. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a very large pit with astroturf thrown over it. Under it, one could see dozens of plain wooden coffins. There may have been a hundred of them. The New York City Administration of Child Services commissioned a four-year investigation of Fauci's Dr. Mengele-style experiments and found that 80 of the 532 children participated uh, died and 25 died while enrolled in a medication trial. And that's not all. By 2003, Fauci's NIAID was running 10,906 clinical trials involving children in 90 countries. So, you know, that's the legacy of humanism. It looks a lot like, you know, the communists and the Nazis who are other humanists, uh, some of the most outstanding humanists of the 20th century. So again, you know, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, that's interesting. What humanists do you know, once once you turn into a science worshiper, is there anything that could stop you? I, I'm not sure there is. So as, as we move along, uh, this, this particular story is bothersome to the Swansons. And here's the reason why this particular part of the story is bothersome to the Swansons. It's because we have had beagle pets for the last 25 years. But Fauci also funded with your hard-earned tax dollars experiments where beagle puppies had their heads locked into cages where they would be eaten to death by flies. He also gave the University of Pittsburgh researchers $400,000 to graft the scalps of aborted fetuses onto living mice and rats. Again, you know, we're just talking about a macabre kind of a Mengele forms of experiments that are going on with, uh, with this Fauci, who is the humanist of the year in 2021. Author Kennedy says this man is really a sociopath who has pushed science into the realm of sadism. Then there was the 2005 bird flu hysteria where Fauci once again predicted unprecedented carnage. This time he partnered with Bill Gates and hired the now disgraced and discredited British common conman statistician Neil Ferguson to construct models that predicted up to 150 million people could die from the bird flu. In the end, about 100 people died, most probably had comorbidities. But we discovered this sometime after President Bush asked Congress for $1.2 billion for Big Pharma to come up with another of its experimental vaccines. Then in 2009, Hong Kong's swine flu caper was a carbon copy of the earlier ones. Fauci promised to fast track a vaccine once again, and the media dutifully 
poured on the government-sponsored hysteria. By the fall of 2009, thousands of Americans were complaining about devastating side effects of the new Fauci shot. Fauci promised the public that Big Pharma's new drug was perfectly safe, but in reality, there was an explosion of graveside effects, including miscarriages, narcolepsy, uh, febrile convulsions, as well as severe neurological injuries, etc., etc., as usual, there was no investigation of Dr. Fauci or the other medical officials who choreographed this multi-billion dollar fraud. Congress could never investigate it because too many fingers would be pointed at them for funding the whole charade. In 2016, Fauci diverted billions of taxpayer-funded research on malaria, influenza, tuberculosis to his new scam, the Zika virus. Right on cue, he enriched the big pharma with this time $2 billion to produce yet another vaccine to prevent microcephaly, uh, supposed effect of the Zika virus, et cetera, et cetera. In every single instance, Kennedy writes, Fauci and others at the National Institutes of Health, the Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, load up the committees that vote for permission to permit market all these experimental drugs with people who have big pharma connections or who are current executives for one or another pharmaceutical company. It's all rigged, all permeated by mountains of lies repeated over and over again by the lying lapdob media, which pockets millions of billions of dollars in advertising revenue from big pharma. If you ever watch television which you know i do from time to time i'm a hotel somewhere watch television about every other ad is big pharma have you ever noticed that and and then the the other ad is lawyers suing the last (laughs) set of big pharma people for whatever they did to their last set of victims you may be eligible yeah yeah, you get get two ads (laughs) these days on television you get the ads for big pharma and the lawyers that are collecting you know more lawsuits against big pharma so fauci's big moment of course came in 2020 and uh he was made for that moment. I mean, hey, you know, the last 40 years of his life, he's been doing this gig. And how do you get Big Pharma to top $500 billion? How do you do this? How, how do you get it from $1 billion in 1970 to $550 billion in 2021? How in the world do you do that? Well, you do it with Anthony Fauci. And you fund the Wuhan lab, get a coronavirus going, get a panic going, shut down the world economy and bring your weird little vaccine into play and get 90 percent of the world signed up. And voila, you've increased your big pharma dollars from 20 billion dollars or one billion dollars in 1970 to 550 billion dollars. And it would not have happened without a humanist, a believer in science, a believer in man, a worshiper of man, a fraud by the name of Anthony Fauci. You know, whenever I hear the name Fauci, I don't know about you, Steve, but I always think of Dr. Faust. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, I hear, you know, somebody refer to Fauci. I think Faust. That's Faust, right? The German doctor. The, yeah. the doctor in the German legend, Dr. Faust. Remember Dr. Faust in the German legend? Something about yeah. Fauci. I mean, this is a historical irony that Fauci seems to be carrying on the legacy of Faust. Faust is, you know, the the legend Faust is highly successful in his life, yet dissatisfied. And that leads him to make a pact with the devil at a crossroads, exchanging his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasure. I don't know. Is there some kind of a providential irony going on in history? Ah, Fauci, Fauci, Fausti, Fauci, Fausti, Fausti. That's it. Fausti. Okay. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my friends, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. But again, ideas have consequences. Don't just look to the consequences. Sometimes we get all wrapped up in the consequences and we say, ah, you know, bad guys doing bad things. No, 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 no. Bad ideas working through bad guys 
do produce bad consequences. And that's why you need to root and ground yourself in the good, godly ideas of the Word of God and understand that the breakdown of science, the breakdown of health, the breakdown of medicine, the breakdown of economy, the breakdown of the entire world came about through the bad ideas of humanism. That's why you've got to get the book Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, to to better understand the rise and fall of Western science as it transferred into humanism and scientism and the worship of man. I tell the whole story of how, yeah, the West was good. God blessed the West for a thousand years. We saw the rise of the West, the rise of a Christian West, Christian ideas that produced good consequences over a period of a thousand years. And then the humanists showed up and they've destroyed our civilization. And we're watching that happen, not just in this one little area, but every area of life is being destroyed in the Western world. Read the story in Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.